Hey Jeff. Hey Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Here we are, day number, I don't know, whatever. It's a day. And uh, first thing we got to do, mm-hmm. check the weather. Yes. I'll go to you, Jeff. Okay. It looks... <laughs> it looks cold. I don't know. You know what, Jeff? Um, <laughs> it also might look warm. <laughs> Can we get a traffic report? <laughs> yeah. I see nobody. Oh! oh. <laughs> yes, uh, hey Eric. It's uh it looks it looks maybe cold. <laughs> Someone asked uh yesterday, we were doing an Instagram live, they said, How do you guys stay sane? Well, that that ship is long past. <laughs> this is <sighs> when was the last time you oh you went outside last night? I did. I went I did a midnight run to the grocery store that worked out very well. Mm-hmm. Got some groceries, didn't see You found paper towels. I found paper towels. There's a ton of paper towels. Don't know what to tell you guys. Well, no. This is at a grocery store. I went to three different places, couldn't find paper towels. And you went to the wrong places. This was a grocery store yeah. that has lots of paper towels. That's true. So, um, Jeff, we have a great episode here today. Yes. We have Issa Rae on the podcast. Issa Rae from Insecure. And a bunch of other things. And a bunch of other things. She's yeah. in movies. She has a whole life. Yes. And <laughs> it was it was great to catch up with her, to uh, to meet her, actually. Yeah. She was supposed to be on the podcast twice, uh, twice in... 2019 yes and here we are in 2020 we got her on the phone and uh we had a lot of fun so much fun she's a great great funny person i was so nervous same 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 we yeah. don't really get nervous with these yeah i was very nervous for Issa Rae. same i was just like i don't want to i don't want to fuck it up fuck it up and then we didn't no yeah so that, that's the best part great job uh, and then Jeff, we go down to Maryland mm-hmm. and Merlin. we connect with Merlin with say, Re- say Merlin Merlin yeah we go to Merlin that's like the the wizard Oh yeah, Merlin. Yeah, but it is what they say, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We Merlin. go down to we go down to the DMV. Mm-hmm. You're well in right now, Jeff. Oh my god. We go down to the DMV. <laughs> that is some deep Merlin <laughs> slang. And we check in with Rico Nasty. Yes. Rico is a fireball dressed in a tornado's outfit, <laughs> living a uh, volcanic life. She is super awesome. Yeah. She's currently living in a house with uh, five other people, half a dozen people. Yeah. And. Uh, they're 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 cooking they're learning to to make things yeah i don't know the conversation <laughs> with rico was so off the wall crazy and so great but it was awesome yeah uh shout out to rico nasty and then we could talk to chica chica who is like everyone's favorite right now jay-z's favorite she's puff's favorite she talks about that she does talk about that she met them both at the rock nation brunch uh please do check out her performance on npr's tiny desk so if you good. have not yet yeah she is uh signed to warner records she's putting out really dope and thoughtful music and she's a really fun person we checked in with her her. great episode today jeff and here is the time oh no one yes. more thing yeah i should say we have a patreon that you can you can contribute to the patreon go to patreon.com slash it's the real we don't just do this for ourselves no we uh we are putting out episodes right now for everybody just to get through this shit yeah i, I think that it's been uh, a very healthy way for us to uh you know get some energy going yeah. you know uh we call I, three people a day yeah i've i've woken up and i felt like you know, dragging in the morning. By the time that I sit down and get on the phone with someone, it really does uh, provide this uplifting feeling. Yeah, I, so, I think it's been nice for me, nice for you, and and hopefully nice for everyone who's out there watching and listening. And so, especially in times like these, when uh, there is no certainty of anything, yeah. Um, if you're able to help us keep this thing going, we'd really appreciate it. Go to Patreon.com/slash It's The Real. That is the place where you can contribute, where you can get on board and help us keep going forward. Jeff, now. Mm-hmm. Now yes. is the time where we call Issa Rae. Do it. Issa! What up? Hello. 
What's happening? Uh, How are you? I am great. How are you? We're, We're doing good. all right. We're yeah. hanging in there. Um, these are, you know, quite, quite different days. How are you getting through yours? I am a routine-based person, mm -hmm. so I have a routine that varies from day to day. Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are writing days, which I am so relieved to have because I have so many projects due. And then Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays are all home. My like business calls, meetings, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, speaking about your writing and any projects that are coming up, it's we, we're living uh, now through this this social distancing phase that you know keeps getting extended and extended and extended. <laughs> Do you think about the fact that movie sets or TV sets may not be as we experienced them before for the next like six or eight months and what a project looks like and feels like based off of that? Well, I had not. <laughs> That's another thing to have anxiety about. Oh, no. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean... Obviously, they have to change in terms of the way that we interact with one another, and um, I'm sure that practices will be put in place to make sure that sets are very sanitary, um, which I think is never a bad thing. Um, I also know that people are going to be forced to be creative. Uh, we already are being forced to, to think outside the box in a way to try to maintain a sense of normalcy, but... I have no idea. I think that's the mo the scariest part is just we don't know what to expect. And I think a lot of people... I, I remember reading a Vanity Fair article about the way that the next decade was going to rapidly change, mm. you know, technology-wise. And nobody anticipated a pandemic, uh, but I'm already seeing how, like, immediately in the first year of, of the start of this decade, so much is going to change. And so the tens are going to look drastically different <laughs> from the twenties already already. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we were particularly excited to speak to you now because you're somebody who came up, um, where, you know, maybe, maybe a, a TV network wasn't going to give you something coming straight out of college. And so what do you do? You pivot and you adapt and you use the circumstances you have and the people around you and you make something out of, uh, you know, a, a, a situation maybe that wasn't ideal and you use the tools that are around you. What do you think about being creative in a time now where, hey, your camera is your iPhone and you end up being the editor and the cinematographer? Right, because you came out of the recession just like we did and started making right. shit on YouTube. And so, like, talk about, like, what your process is now as opposed to back then. I think the challenge is the the process for me then was so organic to who I was and who I was becoming. Like I think technology and social media at that time was um, second nature to me. Like it was a passion of mine and I was already on it. So it was just about figuring out how to make those tools productive for me and that there was the fun. And I think right now you're almost forced to and there's just a different energy around it. Like everyone's scrambling to figure out how to create content 
for this quarantine and get the and to get the most eyeballs necessary. And I, I think- feel like everybody is very ready to have content up. Like everybody's just like on Instagram live, just throwing <laughs> like spaghetti at the wall yes. and hoping that it sticks. It's just like whatever. Like you know, I'm yeah. here. I have a camera and I need attention because I don't have anybody else in my home. That's like sort of like the ethos <laughs> of like right now. And it shows. And you know, there's there's a sense of desperation there. Um, but like good content needs to come organically it needs to feel authentic and i think that's the the challenge is just how do you tap into authenticity when you're scared for sure and you don't know what the future holds so So who is the person who's the first person who said something to you that made you feel like you were on the right track when you were making awkward black girl uh my best friend she i don't show my work to anybody i barely talk about my work uh and I kept this kind of close to my chest for a while. And when I finally shot it and showed, you know, I was editing it in my apartment and we've been friends since ninth grade. And she's very, very blunt and honest (laughs) in a way that will hurt anybody's feelings. And (laughs) to see her laugh, you know, watching the cut and relate, like she was, you know, super, super into it. And I was like, oh, you like, like it? She was like, girl, this is this is the shit and so I like it was confident enough to at least upload it and then you know after that it was just the validation of so many other people identifying with the character Mm. well what's something that you brought to her attention your best friend that did not go well (laughs) what did it (laughs) she's she's extremely supportive but she's seen me through a lot like she'll just be quick to be like that's not funny whether it was a joke that i told or something that i was sure that i was thinking about doing um and you know i can't name anything specific but there was just there were there's a lot i get it you're holding out for like the vanity fair interview that's That's when you're gonna drop the real gems yeah um Issa, a lot of people love you for uh your musical choices week in week out on insecure um are you listening to anything now that's new or do you choose to go back into the catalog? Because streaming is really weird these days. You know, um, we've seen streaming numbers go down for new artists. A lot of people go back to comfort music, um, catalog music. Do you have anything that's been on repeat in your place? On repeat? Yeah. I mean, it's still a new artist, but I mean, I... uh Giveon is one yeah. that, and I'm, that I'm really bumping, but you know my my comfort music is still Jasmine Sullivan, Frank Ocean, Lucky Day, mm-hmm. like as no, like I, but I I'm still in a big music discovery mode because we're still placing. Like I just placed the last song for the finale, so wow, wow, I'm still very very uh, tapped in, and I, and to me, new music and new creativity is comfort. I like to to get a sense that other people are creating during this time. So, Issa, yeah. uh, also on this episode that we're putting out, uh, we have Chica, one of the fastest rising stars in, in hip-hop right now, but also she was hanging out with you like a week ago. Um, so I was wondering, like, what brought you two together? Chica is so fucking dope. I mean, we were just at the same party. Lena had a, a, a party and... I I don't know if she saw me first or I saw for her first, but you know the I remember she did this amazing insecure rap back in the day, like this freestyle. I was like, this shit is fucking incredible. And we had never met because social media, you just see people's faces and you're like, oh, that's cool. And you keep pushing. 
Um, but then, yeah, we were at the same party and just got to chop it up and I got to tell her how dope she is. Um, I noticed that on your wall, on a wall in your uh, place, because um, I don't know how many walls you have, but I'm guessing just one. Um, seven. I'm gonna get you. Know, seven I, walls. I was gonna say four, yeah. but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you have a picture that's inspired by Erica Badu. Oh yeah, the Better Call Tyrone. That was so. My friend um, who no longer speaks to me, but there was a stint where she was doing interior decoration painting and i love it so much she she did not last with the painting did. <laughs> <laughs> um have you been uh receiving any texts or um facetimes or any type of correspondence now in this time where everyone is looking for human connection that you did not expect you don't have to like name them but i'm curious as to well, whether didn't expect or didn't want yeah Definitely the latter didn't work. <laughs> there's this this thing of just like, yes, I appreciate the connection. I appreciate that we're all going through this. But to your earlier point about people being like, there's nobody home. Look at me, please, please, please. It feels like that. And it's like, if we didn't talk outside of this, there's no part of me that still like wants to, to connect with you right now. And and I think the assumption that just because you're not busy doesn't mean I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm still not free at 2 p.m. But I'm still working the same hours, if not more. So that's that's kind of the irritating part. For well, me. but then like, do you respond to those things or do you are you just like, ah, like like for me, it's like Jewish guilt. Like I can never <laughs> let any text like go unanswered, even by people Dang. that I really should block. So like, are you yeah. responding? <laughs> Um, is that African American guilt then? <laughs> I do. I still will respond. Sometimes, you know, I will take longer to respond to certain messages just because I need to either let you down easy or let you know that you're bothering me. But what my sister does, I really want to put this into place, but I'm too scared to. But my little sister, a brave Sagittarius soul, keeps her <laughs> read receipts on. Oh, my, oh my God. God no. Like, I but I'm like, girl, why do you do that? And she was like, because when when I read people's messages, I want them to know that they're bothering. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> and I just didn't respond, and I'm like, damn, that's some bold. I, I feel like, like we need level. to get your sister on the podcast. Yeah, wait, is your sister your best friend who's very <laughs> truthful about everything, yes. or or is your sister the one who did the painting and you no longer speak? <laughs> <laughs> neither she's actually really she's blunt but she's she cares about feelings more than my best friend does well actually like what's the most toxic behavior that one could pull in quarantine the most toxic behavior um i think selfishness anytime that you're selfish during this time when people really need shit like i think the hoarders are a very specific yeah. type of devilish people mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean there's just and if you're inconsiderate during this time you're you you gotta go yeah what kind of essential worker have you thanked that you never thought you would like ever say thank you to because i uh walked past a crossing guard and just about thanked a crossing guard and i was just like what are sure yeah <laughs> like you don't have to do yeah, it in person sure. but yeah, yeah but maybe yeah yeah no, you're right. And it makes you feel like an asshole. But I saw like a FedEx worker and I was just like, 
yo, thank you. He wasn't even delivering it to my house. Right, right. He was, I was just walking by and I was like, yo, thank you so much. Like, and I wanted to tip him, but I thought, is that going to, is that insulting? <laughs> but whatever. Well, I just, yeah, grocery store workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these people. Actually, at 2 like a.m. Because in New York, like everything is, is, it's like a ghost town. And the only time that you can really like get away from people at the at the grocery stores is like at 2 a.m oh yeah because we have a we have a 24-hour grocery store like a couple blocks from us yeah so so i went there and i came back and i gave the the head nod to a bus driver Mm -hmm. who gave me a head nod as well but i was like i cannot believe that i am like connecting with the bus driver at 2 a.m right you were were not you were not on the bus i know i know (laughs) you were just walking by the bus yeah that's how grim things are over here yeah So but like, we really just take all that shit for granted, and I think it, it's making us hyper aware in a in in a great way, I guess, but in a sad way. Yeah. Um, Issa, you live uh, in Los Angeles, where it is a very, it can be a very isolated experience when it's not uh, during quarantine, and you mm-hmm. know everyone's in their cars, and everyone has to, you know, it takes forever to get to the West Side, and and it's just like appointment. Uh, appointments you yeah. know and un- unlike mm-hmm. unlike new york where you know you could just like hit three events in a night and yeah, know, yeah. Do, pop up somewhere just as a surprise um you've lived in both cities how do you feel um the the sort of separation being in los angeles right now uh grateful what the fuck oh. <laughs> y'all are going through it like it's um it it, it feels obviously easier to social distance here but you also, it's also easier to feel like, outside of not being able to really go out and socialize, you almost wouldn't know that this is happening. Whereas in New York, I'm sure that it, it, it's got to feel eerie out there, not constantly seeing people out and about. Um, and I just think that it's on on the social distancing side, I can almost convince myself like, Oh, you know, mom's just in Inglewood right now, and I just haven't had time to see her. Yeah, sure. You know, and outside of her coming to my house to deliver something six feet away and not being able to hug her, like, Mm -hmm. stuff like that is just, you know, this is kind of how we live um, anyway. Um, So about a decade ago, Cameron, uh, we were hanging out with with Dipset Heavy back then, and Cameron... What? I know. Oh, no. We, Issa, yeah. we have a whole, like, life that you... Yeah, you yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah okay. Clearly don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So we were hanging out with Dipset, and, and uh, Cameron started referring to our apartment as South Harlem. Um, we live on the Upper West Side. And so we are, we're, we're like, mere blocks away from the Whole Foods, and that's what we would call our, <laughs> our place, like, for years. We were always like, oh, yeah, we live in South Harlem, we live in South Harlem. And so then, a decade later... Real estate Soha. people started calling it Soha. And we Which, were like, we do not yeah, sign that. Stop that. That's yeah, not not yeah. us. No. Now, that has become a thing in your show. Well, not that, but like I would. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to know like about all of it. And I also wanted to clear things up because I know that a lot of people, like so many people out there are so associating yeah. Soha with us. No, not us. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like too many people. Right. And so, yeah. <laughs> I was actually out there when that happened. I lived in Harlem, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I saw that popping up, you know, when, when people were uh, trying to lease apartments. And I was like, so how? What the fuck? And that always stuck with me when I moved back to L.A., just how they just tried to rebrand this specific neighborhood. And we talked about it in the writer's room just as a joke. 
of like if Inglewood, I mean Inglewood is being gentrified, but it, mm-hmm. it, what, yeah. what, what what's what's the Soha like? What would they call it? And we came up with I would and <laughs> put it in a show as a joke, and now it's actually fucking being used, so which crazy. is the worst. Like, yeah. it's, it's honestly terrible. the worst when people take a joke and make it into a serious thing. Yeah, yeah, and I almost feel responsible. I'm like, <laughs> oh no this is our fault um, in some way. Like, we, we made it seem like it was okay. Well, that's African-American guilt, you know, which is like <laughs> what we were just talking about. <laughs> Maybe we do relate on that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's it. Um, do you find yourself uh, FaceTiming your mom now, like, even more than you might have before this whole thing? Yeah, I never FaceTimed my mom before this. It was it was always just calls. Is, is she good at FaceTiming? She knows her angles. Okay. Yeah, she FaceTime with other people. Yeah, our mom, like our that. mom has, our mom has started to do angles, and I'm like, mom, you don't, you really don't need to. <laughs> yeah, like who are you trying to impress? Yeah, like who cares? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Let her do it because she can use it for the next person that she does need to impress. Those yeah, you know what? She, mom, mom went crazy when she was like, wait, you can do it from your computer too? We're like, yeah. She was like, oh my god, she got super excited. It was great. It's so much better on the computer. Yeah, <laughs> Man, we're doing Zoom calls too, which I never thought. Oh my god! Oh wait, wait, wait. I'd be on it. Like, like big Zoom calls. Yeah, what's the biggest Zoom call you've been on? The biggest Zoom call I was on had like forty people, but not everybody put the video on. Oh, do you put yeah, the video on? Me. Oh, you don't. Uh, not unless I have to. We went to a a friend's uh, birthday party uh, Zoom. Right. Yeah, we went in quotes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that that was kind of intense, you know, because there's also 40 people in there and everyone's like sort of taking turns to talk. And I don't yeah. know, it's it's weird social, new social behavior. It's not, I, I refuse to accept it. Like, or someone needs to make a better technology because <laughs> it is just, it's really just, it is just video conference calls in the worst way. And we're, we're talking about making our writer's room a Zoom or another technology that's not Zoom, but that same, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like a hang time or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. House party, yeah, house whatever. House party, yeah. I can't imagine that. So much of the writer's room is about, like, being able to talk freely and riff off of someone. So if you're constantly speaking over each other, and ugh, it's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, like, all the rhythms sort of get, like, thrown off, mm-hmm. you know, like, exactly because that. of the lag. And so, like, it's the same thing with, like, how a, uh, a conference call is not, like, hanging out with 40 of your friends. <laughs> it's just, like, you're hanging out, but it's, like, your jokes don't land the way that you want them to. Yeah. They sure don't. <laughs> they, uh, yes. Speaking from experience. It's like, that's also the frustrating part where it's like, I know you were making a joke there and I didn't catch it. And, you know, now I'm sad. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like, you know how, um, how when there are reporters in like Iraq and then it's like the one, <laughs> yeah. two, three lag and it's just like, yes. Yeah, so I'm here in Baghdad and. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, Issa. I, I know when you started Insecure, it was not, you know, the world that we live in now. But do you have any understanding of what normalcy comes with your show coming on every week? Because because people can, you know, count on that to sit down and make sure that they are watching that air live on, on HBO rather than, you know, just binge through it or check it out on YouTube. Yeah, but it's it, there for them. It's something to look forward to. That's a really nice way to look at it because I do imagine that it's also you're watching the world that you that doesn't exist right now. Like that you you can't go to this LA restaurant or you can't, you know, 
walk down these same streets, you know, and that, that, that's the saddest part to me. Um, and I've seen people observe that, but you guys found the optimistic, uh, way in and I like that better. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, cause like I was thinking about it when people were sort of starting rumors about Puff and JD, um, getting on the Instagram battle. Yeah. yeah. And how it didn't happen. I was like, well, it gives me something to look forward to then. Yeah. Cause like, if this is going to be the same sort of groundhog day thing, yeah. then it's like, at least it didn't pass. And now I, I already explained the, the premiere and RZA thing yeah. already passed. Yeah. Right. Now it's like, well, what else do I have? Right. Now I have that's to true. Now I have to talk to Issa. Like that and now this is happening. I'm so and, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry this happened. Now I have nothing to look forward to. <laughs> um Groundhog's Day is one of my favorite movies. Though. Oh, same. That's- so we have a um we have a uh, another podcast that we do with the locks. Um, called, so we have a whole life. Yeah, we have a whole life. That's that like, like yeah. I need um, to look this life up. Yeah, yeah. I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and where it, we we actually sit down with them and we review movies with them, and uh, it's it's crazy because we watched movies that you think that we would watch, but also movies like Coco or yeah. like You've Got Mail or like or, and it's like meanwhile it's like Jadakiss and Styles and Sheik talking about you know. Uh, Meg Ryan and stuff. It's just yeah. like, it's bizarre. But we did have them here to watch uh, Groundhog Day. And, you know, we watched it for Groundhog Day. So February, right? And and then this happens and Groundhog Day becomes like part of the like nomenclature once again. Yeah. And it's it's so fascinating to sort of like think through everyone's eyes from that movie. But also now, um, what is the thing that you like most look forward to every day being that it is the same day hmm. um my my morning exercise uh walk because of the podcast and the updates that i'm getting it just feels like at least time is moving in mm-hmm. that way whenever mm-hmm. i'm like oh i'm listening to the news and getting more information and having the day ahead of me there's still something that i love about that that I didn't have before this happened as dark as that sound like I I never had like I haven't had like oh I have the whole day to 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 figure my shit out or to myself I don't yeah and that's obviously certain days of the week but that keeps me going because at the end of the day I'm a creative and I'm always gonna turn to that to express myself to to ha- to find a sense of comfort and that's what that is for me. Um, also on the Groundhog Day tip, uh, there's a character in the movie named Ned Ryerson. Mm-hmm. Ned Ryerson is the most annoying person in the world who <laughs> keeps finding you. And so the question is, who is your personal Ned Ryerson? <laughs> that's such a fucked up question. I'm not answering that. <laughs> if it's the girl... <laughs> Who you used to be friends with, who it's not even has something to do with that Erica Badu painting. <laughs> um, no, mine is, I gave my number to a guy, I, I was at a concert, this guy came over, he was like, hey, my name is also Jeff. And then he based our entire, like, quote unquote friendship off of the, the fact that, like, we're both named Jeff. And he would start asking me about my family and stuff like that. And I was just like, I don't even know this dude. Like, yeah. And by the way, when we when we told Styles that, he was just like, why in the world would you give anybody your number? I'm like, I give my number to everybody. <laughs> yeah. The worst. Yeah. 
Oh God, that's hilarious. Those are the lamest people. Yeah. yeah. I will say I do give I get really, really friendly when I'm drunk and give up my number as well and always regret it the next day. Because I'm always in a collaborative like, yeah, we should talk. No, we should get up. We should do that project. And so I have a lot of Ned Ryerson's in my phone. Well, uh, that's listen. the best flex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Issa, we so appreciate you taking your time uh, out of your uh, Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, or what is today? Today's Tuesday. I don't know. What, I don't. I don't even know it's anymore. My Thursday. I don't. I don't. I really don't know anymore. But uh, listen. Uh, we're sending our love to you. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. Stay indoors. Stay creative. Have fun with this, you know, the, with this time. And uh, we'll look forward to catching you, hopefully, when we can see each other in person uh, in your city or ours. And in the meantime, be well. I would love that. Thank you guys so much for having me. Wait, listen to how drunk Issa is, like, trying to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Issa. Take care, guys. All right, Bye. Bye. Jeff, let's get on the phone now with Rico Nasty. Rico, what's happening? Hi. How are you? Humans. Humans, <laughs> but I've never spoken to before. Oh, my God, human contact. Hi. <laughs> Hi guys, I miss you guys. I don't even know you guys. No, listen, you guys are having we're, great days. We are. We're friends with Kenny Beats, so we feel like we know you. You know, yeah, we're like we're almost family. Oh, 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 pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Kenny's a little bitch. Rico, oh, we love him. How are you doing in these crazy times? Um, I'm actually. I feel like. I feel like what the okay. I'm trying to figure out what is the main thing that I've been doing while I've been home besides sleep. <laughs> I have learned how to cook. Oh, that's the best! Congratulations. So, yeah. you know, being a mom, it was getting difficult. My son's getting older. The meals need to be meals. So I was just like, "Fuck it! I'm finally gonna pick this shit up." So I've been doing that and watching a lot of TV. Oh, well, wait, before the TV stuff, I want to I want to know how are you learning to cook? Are you reading like recipes? Are you watching YouTube? Like, oh, no. what's your? <laughs> I'm just. Are you um, improvising? So okay, it's like five of us in this house. Like we, I live with my best friends. We all live together in a nice big house, mm -hmm. fairy tale, right? Yeah. So like every day we'll wake up and we'll just be like, "What we want to eat today?" A lot of us like pasta, and lasagnas, mac and cheese alfredos and shit so that was like the first task it was like okay let's learn how to make the absolute best alfredo pasta Just smart smart <laughs> we learned how to make this we made cajun alfredo pasta the first night we had the cheese it was like damn if we removed the cajun sauce and then just added more cheese and whipping cream this would be like a bomb ass cheese drizzle to put on some baked potatoes oh shit Wait, That's what I'm saying. were you right? We just been getting freaky. I mean, it's a house full of stoners, kind of. Yeah. Oh, no, so by the way, just... I get it. <laughs> as soon as like, you were we like, yeah, like, we're experimenting with whatever we're making. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're just doing that. Okay, so you're you're learning you're learning to cook. You're also watching uh, television. Have you been binging th things on like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or anything? I have binge watched Snowfall. Okay. Which is something I watched. I already seen it, but I love the show so much. Um, so I watched it again. I binge watched Ozark. Yo. Because when you see it came on, but it was gone for so long, I almost forgot what the fuck happened. So I rewatched the last two seasons, and then now I just watched the old, the newest one. Oh my god, you finished it, right? Yeah, the ending. I finished it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. I don't want to be a spoiler, but that last episode really left me like, wait, what? No, yeah, it was like, crazy. 
this bitch was she was ready to she was ready to snake them out and it was just damn like her brother yeah it was a lot i love that fucking show wait who do you um, identify with in in ozark um oh my god i don't want to like reveal my creative (laughs) i feel like i identify with the brother you identify with the brother yeah bro like okay when you think about it he walked himself into a crazy situation that he didn't know how crazy it was. Like, when he was going to spaz on that lady, like, bro, he didn't think that it was as serious as it was. Like, he didn't know how, like, niggas is already dead. Niggas have already, it's a plethora of people that have died trying to get in the middle of this shit, bro. Like, he didn't know none of that. His sister was a fucking liar. <laughs> and I just identify with it because I just feel like, a lot of time that should be happening to me. Like, I just walk into a fucking mess. Yeah, Yo, and then you're making lasagna like, for five people. Rico. Exactly. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> did any did any part of you did any part of you think that maybe he was not dead? Because um, they don't show the killing and they don't show exactly his his face or body or anything when they go to cremate it. Is it possible that maybe he's still alive? No. <laughs> they said the hitter on that nigga like like they said the hitter. That's another thing too. Like that's the why that's let let's get into it. That's a real reason why I love Ozark so much because I honestly feel like um it's a lot of foreshadowing where they don't have to answer questions but they still get answered. Like when you know like that guy had killed multiple people before him. Like I mean, yes. Come on now. And he was alive after this shit happened. So it's just like, damn, like, we know what happened, and it sucks. It's fucking crazy, because that was her brother, and you, she knew he was crazy, but I just felt like he wasn't even that crazy until crazy shit started happening. Well, until he wanted to have like, sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a, this, this show has all these Christian morals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Rico, you're living in a house uh, with a ton of people. How do you guys, uh, since everyone is supposed to be like quarantined and staying at home, how do you get your freedom within those four walls? All right. So I feel like I have a pretty big bedroom. So I just be in my room some of the time. I ain't got the cat be all like we be not social distancing, but we just don't go nowhere. But you don't so have to social distance with people in your house. No, but it's, it's it's more than that, though. Like, if one of us was still working and still going outside, oh. we would have to social distance. Right. But none of us are working. None of us do shit. But <laughs> give me cool ideas and fucking help me with shit. So I guess, you know, we don't have to go anywhere. And if, if somebody has to go out, we, like, tic-tac-toe it or whatever. What's that shit called? Not t- rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, yeah. Rochambeau. Yeah. <laughs> And we lights all they ass down and we get it popping. <laughs> but my base fr- my best friend, she lives in the basement and my, my other best friend, he lives like across the hall. So it's like really That works um, out. We're not yeah, we're not cooped up up against one another, but it's just been fun. Like, bro, we've known each other all through high school. Like I met my best friends when I was like in the ninth grade. So it's like we finally playing board games again and like just listening to old music that we used to listen to in high school and shit like that's dope that's old dope. pictures like bro it's crazy like looking at pictures from fucking 2015 13. like that's how long i know these people like it's ridiculous like just watching that shit and i feel like that's what has started up the creative aspect like the whole aspect of like 
we was looking at all these old pictures and looking at how we used to just do shit. Like, <laughs> we would just do it. Like, we was broke as fuck. We didn't have no money. Our parents was not giving us no money. But we was like, oh, let's have a cookout. We would just do it. Like, we would just do that shit. We would make do. So they were like, let's go to green screen. We all came to the agreement. And then we did. And then I hit up one of my favorite directors, Jason. And I was like, I want to shoot a video on my house. Which and then that came about. Wait, which director? Jason? Jason Joyride. And... He just did Popstar Rockstar. Oh, dope. Yeah. And so your green screen process is is what exactly now? Do you set up like your yeah. your iPhone? Um no, I set up I have a camera oh, that you I do. was like using for like vlogs and shit on tour. See, that's the thing. I've been in the house. <laughs> so it's like, bro, this is real shit, bro. I, I hope I'm not talking too much, but I haven't spoke to people in a while and I just wanna let y'all know this shit because it's crazy. As a rapper, I've literally been on the road since my shit went great it's yeah just, i've been on the road i've never been home so you constantly buy shit when you're gone and you're like yeah i'll use this when i get home yeah this is <laughs> totally fine totally yeah i want that fine that's so cool it's shiny i want it you get home and you're unpacking and you don't give a fuck about that shit because you have the next trip you have a whole nother show you have a whole other state whole other mall whole other fucking everything hotel to stay in yeah back. Exactly. Bags on bags on bags of shit that you never get to use, but you bought it. So I found a camera. I found a camera. I found my GoPro from when I went to Dubai. I thought I lost <laughs> it. I found it. <laughs> like, we just been finding shit and using it. <laughs> like, so we found our camera. We have a Sony camera. Um, and then we got like one of our friends to come over. He shoots like, you know, regular videos, just like he was there to get the gist of it, because I don't shoot videos. Well, now you do. Sure. Now you do. Yeah, now I do. <laughs> I learned a lot that day. The shoot was like, we started at like 9 o'clock. It was over at 5 o'clock in the morning. We were just like sitting there, making sure everything was right. And yeah, Popstar came about. And then um, and then it was crazy, because even before we, we did that, like two days before, we went to the studio, because in the beginning, we were able to go to the studio. Yep, and yeah do shit and then the studio closed down so thank god i was able to make that fucking song yeah i mean like are you you know talking about touring and how much how, how much of a part of it how much part of your life that is like what do you think about the future have you even like thought that far ahead of like what life is going to be like six months from now a year from now um i have started to think about it honestly it's pretty grim yeah it's pretty grim because i it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, you know, we look at the shows. I don't. I can't speak for everybody. I know if you look at any of my interviews, I talk about the shows like fucking free amusement park in that bitch. Like we just have so much fun. So um, it really sucks that I can't be around my fans. Like the money part is very, very, very fucked. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. But the the actual like the reason why I do this shit is because my fans and I miss my fans and I want to see them. I want to know what the fuck they're going through. Well, so just... let me ask you this then: How do you maintain that relationship? Is it through an Instagram live? Is it to uh you know read their comments on on Twitter or, or wherever? Hmm. It's awkward for me because I feel like before the quarantine happened, I kind of social distanced on social media. Yeah. Like I stopped getting on for like a month and then Corona happened. And next thing I know, 
uh, my manager is like, babe, you should get back on Instagram because we're going to be in the house for right. a really long time. And I get on Instagram and everyone is already entertained with what the fuck they're entertained <laughs> with. So if you're like me and you weren't like on your fans, like ass, like, hey guys, what's up? Right. Then it's just like, you just continue to be yourself. You just continue, you know, like your fans are not going to forget about you. They're just entertained with other shit right now, but who knows how long this will last. And it's just weird. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know. It's different. It's very, I, it's I think very it's fair different. that you're just like, listen, I'm not going to change up my behavior just to, you know, fit the times. Like, I think that's, I think it's a very fair thing to say. Um, but I love, and I, I, but I love the Instagram live. I love like how, first of all, me, okay. I'm a fucking weirdo. Like not a lot of people ever fucking talk to me. And one thing I can say about Instagram live is like, there's been so many people on my live that don't even fucking talk to me. <laughs> on my live. And I'm like, what are you doing over here on this side of town? Hello? <laughs> you know? So that is amazing. It gives artists a chance to at least be cordial with one another. Like, okay. I might not have seen you at a festival, but I popped in your live. That's, I feel like that's personal. Like, bitch, why are you on here? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, why did you click on my live if you would, you know what I'm saying? You commenting and shit. You fuck with me. It's cool. This yeah. is technically us talking. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's cool for people who don't, you know, they go out and they don't talk to people. Um, what is it like to be parenting 24-7 right now? Huh. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's for me it's really fun <laughs> because my son is like at that age where he's four so he doesn't really want a lot right now he's eating ice cream <laughs> we're watching pj mask you got sprinkles on that he's fancy <laughs> <laughs> but um when when the shit started it was like my mom was like telling me you know daycare is gonna close so i just took it upon myself i had seen a lot of shit on twitter like people was making learning boards for their kids mm-hmm and so I did that. <laughs> I made one for him. And it was cool. Like, he used it for a little while. And then he told me to my face that he misses his teacher. No. Oh. And he was like, Mom, you're a little bit not fun of a teacher. You're a little <laughs> bit too forward. He told me, he said, you're a little bit too forward. You just want me to do it. I, I just. Yo, how do you, how do you take that criticism? <laughs> uh. I just asked him what he likes to do. I asked him what he likes to do, what he was learning at school. And he told me that they would read a lot. And he told me about this thing called Go Noodle. I don't think he was watching that at school. I think my mom put it on for him, like, in the mornings. Because it's, like, dancing. And it helps kids with, like, memory and stuff. Mm. Um, I whatever. used to watch so Go he... Noodle on the Spice Channel. <laughs> what the fuck? So, yeah, he watches It was a very different Go Noodle. <laughs> he eats his breakfast. We do a lot of tracing worksheets and like to practice his handwriting because he's left-handed. Mm. And that was one thing I remember the teacher like telling me off the break, like you're gonna have to help with this because he's fucking left-handed. Yeah. I'm like, damn, my baby's different. Okay, <laughs> but my mom is left-handed, so she was helping him. So now that he's with me, it's like, okay, I'm right-handed. This is difficult, but we're doing it. He's learning how to hold the pen correctly. Yeah, I mean, like, um, you're, you're not, like, teaching him how to, like, shoot bow and arrow, you know? Like, it, yeah, no. That's the thing, too. Like, so many people were, like, telling me, like, at first, like, oh, my God, you're these. Let's get it. Like, that's going to be so hard. And then when he got to school and he was just doing and shit like everybody else, I'm like, I don't think it's going to be hard. The hard thing is it's kind of like chopsticks. Like, initially, your baby is going to hold the pen or pencil crayon a certain way. Yeah. They just 
trying to control it that way. You have to show them. If they were right-handed, you wouldn't have to show them how to do it. <laughs> and it's weird as fuck. I like, bet. I bet. Are there things that you see in your son right now where you're just like, oh, shit, that's me? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone who's ever met my son says that he's literally my twin. So mm. we just have our moments in here, goofing off, joking around. He's one of those kids that, like, he gets serious real fast, and I feel like I was like that, too. Like, I posted a video of him yesterday, like, leave me alone. Like, he was just <laughs> messing with me. So... Those are always the vibes. But other than that, a lot of reading. He likes Eric Carl books. Which oh, every God, yeah. Does. Everybody does. But Hungry Caterpillar, all that. Firefly yeah. is the best one. Oh, well, that's like a very hot take. <laughs> Feel like you're going to be. That is the best one. Did you get to the. You got to get to the end of the book. Oh, yeah. I stopped halfway through because I don't like it when the bad guy dies. Yeah. yeah. Wait, does the lady die at the end of the book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the bad... Oh, <laughs> damn, okay. You just got real deep. No. Um, the editing has, like, lights and shit. So when you read it to your kid at nighttime, I feel like the lights, they'd be like, oh, my God, let's read another book. <laughs> they, um, it, it, <laughs> Rico, if you want to escape, like, you know, and, and get out of the house, where do you head? Scott bathroom. No. <laughs> That's weird as fuck. Is it? I don't know. I, I feel like we did a survey. 90% of people would say that they do that. They're like, I don't know, when you get sad or you want to be alone, you just go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but she said, out of the house. I don't want to go out of the house. It's cold where I am. Where are you? I'm in Maryland. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, do you watch the news do you follow like um you know what's going on on social media how much intake do you have and and allow yourself because for me i was like there was a certain point where i was like i can't read the news in the morning i can't watch you know any of the press conferences um it's it's it had this heavy effect on my body i'm not even gonna hold you i watched the news right i watched the news when this shit was happening and i seen a fucking commercial and like, okay, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't, I don't even feel like I'm in a, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to talk about it because I don't give a fuck. And mm -hmm. that's just how I am. Mm -hmm. There was a fucking commercial with like Ronald Reagan, like Ronald Reagan wasn't afraid to burn in hell or some crazy ass like pro atheist commercial or something like that. And um, it kind of like all this bad shit was happening in the world and for the news to cut directly to mm -hmm. that commercial, mm -hmm. they're obviously paying the most money for ads, but it's like, it scared me. Like that feeling in your body you're talking about, I know exactly what you're talking about. It made my fucking heart go to my stomach because yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. Like as an artist, you might get it fucking superhero complex. You might feel like you can fix a lot of shit. And mm -hmm. I can donate a shit ton of money everything feel better and i feel like coronavirus kind of just made it feel like you just don't i didn't realize how much the government is just shit and it's just weird and it was just too much like i was sitting there watching that shit with my son is like in the background playing with his toys and i'm looking at him like what the fuck is about to happen yeah like, yeah yeah what is about what is going on right now and i don't want to you know relay that paranoia with anybody else because that shit just makes you look crazy because if the shit is fine in a couple months, you can't unsay that shit. But it is scary, like, the reality of things that they're not being honest with us. And even if they are being honest with us, that's fucking scary. 
Yeah. yeah. Like the numbers they put in now are scary. Yeah, I was saying to somebody this morning that it just feels like there's no next step. Mm. Like, that for the next year and a half, it's just this. And so I'm waiting for something to feel like progress. Like, it's not even like it it feels dark all the time, which it does, but it's just that there's no answers. Yeah, I think there's a a million problems here, uh, starting with the federal uh, response to this whole thing. Uh, There's no testing. There's there's no... definitely no answers. There's no answers. There's no testing, no answers. And there's no leadership. No true... Exactly. No true leadership. And I feel like I'm it's 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 scary to to you you talk about the government, you talk about all the shit that they could possibly be doing or what they are doing and how they're not prepared for this. But another thing that is scary is humans. Us. Yeah. Like us in our state of mind right now. And individually all of us what do we do we overbuy we overdo every fucking thing and now that's why the paranoia has set in and that's why it's really fun because it's like they didn't tell us that this was going to be like this when they initially said okay let's quarantine everybody so people are now going to the stores like the last, this is why i told everybody we're going to have to rock paper scissors go to the stores because i went to the store last time i went to the grocery store it was a woman i don't know where you guys are but in a lot of the grocery stores if it's open and if they let you go inside, they have lines letting you know where you should stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this woman, she was an older woman, like, you know, about 60 or 70. She didn't want to stand there. And people would tell her to move and she wouldn't move. And I just, it was such a weird ass time. Cause like at the time they had sent out like, okay, we are now quarantining everybody. It was like the little alert on the phone. Yeah. And we were out, like we was at the grocery store, and everybody's phone started getting that fucking alert. Bitch, it felt like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scariest shit. And I hope somebody can attest to this. Like, if you was out in a public place when they sent out that like amber alert, oh my god, everybody's phone was going off. Everybody was looking at their phone. Everybody's call was dropping. And then we get to the line, and this lady was acting like that. I left. Just left. I didn't even want the shit. I didn't even want nothing no more. I was like, yo. People are out here not following the rules. They don't give a fuck. Yep. They're not about to give a fuck. Like, you think all these people about to do what I'm doing and just leave and go home now? Nope. No. they about to get their shit. And being here with people who won't follow the rules, it's just too much. Yeah. I'm scared. R- Rico, <laughs> um, you, you know, um, your, your project with Kenny Anger Management, uh, I think, really struck a chord with people because of the journey that it took. You know, I think, I think you get, like, a, a full range of things in that project. And people really appreciate uh, people really appreciated that and and uh, saw themselves in it. Um, do you feel now, as an artist, that you have to speak uh, with some sort of not authority, but but some sort of take on the times that we're living in now? And do you feel like you have a grasp of anything, or not have a grasp of anything, and that will create art in itself? Hmm. I feel like the fact of the matter is, if you have a voice, use it. So I do definitely, I definitely feel obligated to say something because I feel like if, why else would I be in this position? Why else would I have so many motherfuckers listening to everything that I say if I can't just say something relating to the times? You know what I'm saying? Like, just let them know, like, this is what y'all should be trying to do or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Or this is how I'm feeling and maybe you do too. Yeah, or this is how I'm feeling. But at the end of the day, it's like, we can't forget what the internet is. You can't forget. People don't give a flying fuck. Doodle, they don't give a fuck. They 
they don't care about nothing. And it's scary that it's like that. Like, they don't give a fuck if you're telling people to wash their hands. You're still going to get the bots talking about their nudes. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> nobody going to respect that shit. Like, all you can do is literally just set an example. Just set an example. Just let motherfuckers know, like, I'm washing my hands. That's the that's the point of being a rapper. You you fo- you lead and they follow. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should, you know what I'm saying? So just do some shit. And they're gonna be like, oh, that's what you're doing? That's what I'm going to do. Like, that's it. So wash your fucking hands. <laughs> Talk about it. Um, Rico. And don't go nowhere. Like, please. Like, can you put this in caps? All caps. Yes. Please stop going out, y'all. Please stop going out. I know y'all got food in there. And if y'all don't, I know y'all used to be broke. I know y'all can make a meal out of that shit. Stop acting like that, please, so this shit can be over. Because y'all niggas is just not listening, and I know, I know you're bored. Yeah, I mean, like, I know you're bored, but you know what? This is a great time to promote house party. Shout out <laughs> house party for keeping niggas busy. If you ain't got it, <laughs> download that shit right now. Number one spokesperson sponsor <laughs> for house party, nigga. Get on it if you ain't got it. And yeah, wash your fucking hands. Yeah, I mean, like, not that this is, like, actually possible, but the CDC did say that, like, if people stayed in their place for two weeks, yeah, then the virus would die. And it's just like... Well, I, mean, I guess it, I'm, I'm, I, I have no chance of getting that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> house, the shit, but that's the base in the here. Um, Rico, you're living in a house with four other people. Five, five four other people. Um, who is the best roommate and who's the worst roommate? Ha! Let me go tell it to their face. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't give them any explanation though. Don't don't tell them who you're on the phone with. I was just asked <laughs> who is the best roommate and who is the worst roommate. <laughs> Billy, <laughs> you're the best roommate, Billy. I love you, Billy. <laughs> and Kel, you're the best roommate. Cam, you're the worst roommate. <laughs> never clean up after yourself. Never do anything in here, Cameron. Cam is the worst roommate. <laughs> Cam, he doesn't do nothing. Yo, Rico, were any of the people who were good or bad your son? <laughs> nah, every, everyone's, you know, Cam is just bad. Like, <laughs> Cam, you know what he likes to do? He has like these bins of toys, so go in his room and take the bins of toys and slide them into my room and just dump the fucking bin out. <laughs> and it just be toys. And he's like, please, why are you doing this to me? And then the costumes right now, oh my God, I have this video of him. That night, we put all the costumes out, laid them out, and he rolled over them. I, I thought he was going to put them on. <laughs> he rolled over them. Like, it was really funny. I was like, what are you doing this? Like, yo, I fuck with him kid. so hard. I know, yeah. He's the real he's the real yeah. hero here. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> Rico, uh listen, we're sending all of our love to you. Stay inside, stay uh stay healthy and stay safe. And uh hopefully down the road we will be able to connect in person. Yeah, and thank you for being our goal noodle. There you go. Aw, thank <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Jeff, let's get on the phone with Chica. Chica, what's happening? What up? Nothing much, nothing much. We chilling out here. Listen, um, it's a it's a really exciting time, I think, for your music right now. We we've seen your um your tiny desk, which was amazing. Uh, we've heard your 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 music. It's a it's an exceptional time for Chica the artist. How is Chica the human being doing right now during these insane times? 
Um, she's tired. (laughs) (laughs) Ready for sunlight to get outside and to feel warmth again and to hug my loved ones. I'm just, you know, holding up pretty, uh, pretty, I guess, well for the most part. But I'm, I'm over this. We can go outside, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when was the last time you actually were outside? Um, I guess technically like 30 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to get some plants. I need like, you know, they say surround yourself with life and things like that. So I just kind of, I've already, I already have like house plants and things and, you know, having them around makes me feel real, real, um, real mother-like or whatever. So yeah, I just want to. Have you ever been a pet person? Yeah, I have a puppy. Okay. And the puppy is not enough. (laughs) Nah, nah. Uh, she's she's a demon. Um, she's in her crate right now. She was actually just barking at me a second ago because she got in trouble. So now she's in timeout. But uh, nah, I, I literally been here with my my pet, and she's um a lot at this time. <laughs> I think all the animals are tired of their parents being home, so they are wiling out. And so I got uh got house plants because they're like pets that don't defy you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite things that you've posted maybe ever just happened. You said that you missed a FaceTime with the rest of your family where they were trying on masks that they made. They did. Well, I, I don't even know if they made them all. Like I know that my cousins made theirs, but my sister's a doctor, so she definitely has that N95 mask on. But your father created like a monstrosity of a, a mask. <laughs> Yeah, monstrosity is the right word. It's the right word. <laughs> it was like a Ziploc bag. It was ski goggles. It was just like everything. Wait, doesn't he get like, you know, sort of credit for effort here? Oh, no, I love it. I think that, honestly, we're giving him less credit than he deserves because the actual mask itself is an N95 mask that he also finessed from my sister. Uh, <laughs> but these goggles, this Kango hat, and this <laughs> Ziploc bag was uh, an abomination. Wait, uh, wait actually, on. you want to know what? I feel like the Kango hat might save you from a bunch of things. <laughs> and I think that the forces underneath that hat, there's something there's something to be said about it. But for sure, I'm letting you know that the plastic bag is what took me out. Hey, I, I'm not wait, sure wait. what that was going to protect you from. I want to give your dad all the Mold. credit here. It's not Your father is not a, a fashion designer by trade, is he? No, but he clearly is one by hobby. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, given given everything that's happening, how has your life changed since you've been inside the four walls that you've you've been in for the last, I don't even know how long it's been? It's been forever, is what it feels like. But I mean, yeah. uh, I think that my life kind of is, it's not staying the same for the most part, but over the past few years, like, it's definitely slowly progressed and become, it's made more sense. I think I've had a lot of moments where like my stuff will blow up and then I'll have like hella acclaim, but like my life itself stays the same. So it's felt disproportionate in ways, (laughs) but, um, it's kind of like the universe kind of gave me a little middle finger slash like <laughs> punch in the back of the head because now it's like all oh, my music's out and your life makes sense and you're living in a place you like and you can't go outside like you can't go and get any of that love and <laughs> affection and congrats from this like project I just worked on for a year but other than that like life itself has been it's been fine and it's been one of those things it's a slow journey of like understanding what i'm supposed to be doing and shit like that so i mean i'm good but but how how do you understand how your project's being received do you have to then like fully rely on social media and people who are reaching out to you to say like hey this project means this to me 
literally yes like that's the only thing we can do right now and of course my um my friends slash managers like they will send me th- we're all in this thing yeah like we're we all want the same thing so everyone will send like things that they peep to the group message like oh this is charting or like oh this is doing this now or like you just hit this like it, it's more so a, a family thing <laughs> where we like text each other even though we're like all not together currently yeah um and we, like we're like oh shit this is this is music that we've been hearing for months so for everyone else to be receiving it the right way especially the tiny desk like i knew it was i liked it like i had a good time <laughs> but i didn't understand i didn't know that it would be received as well as it was and i'm a huge tiny desk fan so for mine to be even in the conversation of some of the, like the best ones i'm like yo thanks so yeah. much because no it's fuck. it is it is spectacular to watch to listen to to feel um do you look back at it now and think oh like they're standing too close together or that <laughs> that person touched their face or like anything that like is the world that we live in now Nah, it feels perfect to me. <laughs> like they, like uh, some little insider information that they tell you, you know, if you fuck up and you really, really can't stand it, they'll they'll let you like pick a song to retape. And um, when we first finished, I was like, "Is everyone good?" Like, I think this is good. And then there was a conversation about like, "Oh, well, maybe we should redo songs about you," because the tempo was a little bit faster than it is on my EP. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we decided not to. Like, it, I think it sounds fine. Absolutely. Yeah, I fuck, I, I fuck with that. the energy of just like being fine with things that you do once. You know, like it, you did it, and it's yeah. just like I don't need to do it again. One and done. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so we ended up not, uh, not stressing ourselves out like that and redoing it. And so when I watch it back, knowing that it was an intentional decision to leave it as is, and like we didn't get to watch it like beforehand. When you know, like I, I saw it the day it came out. Like I saw it when it was posted to NPR. So, like, I, I it feels like I got to grow to love it as much as everyone else did, which is a, a really unique feeling when you have been hearing your songs for months and nobody else has. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that is such a, a tiny space. Is it at all, like, movable? Like, if you if you brought, like, 15 more people, <laughs> could they all, like, fit? <laughs> I've seen, um, was it, damn, was it Lucky Day? Mm. Who brought in a whole, like orchestra type feel thing to it like and they had to spread out the camera like the i guess just the camera angle they kind of had to play around with and people weren't standing necessarily behind the desk anymore mm-hmm. but i would venture against that <laughs> i would not do that it's not like it's not ridiculously small i guess behind the desk is behind the desk is but the space itself isn't um so like i i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't do anything extra i wouldn't be that like fucking extra in that space especially like it's it's tiny enough that i wouldn't want to play around too much and bring more people um what we, we have a lot of friends who have actually performed on on tiny desk what was your stress level before actually stepping foot onto that that tiny stage I wasn't, I wouldn't think I was stressed at all. I was really excited. That's awesome. I was really happy. Yeah, I was like really happy to be there. I was just, you know, living the moment. Cause I, again, I'm a Tiny Desk fan and like this felt like much, it felt like a, a lot of the things I've done in the past few years, it felt like a, a finesse. Like I'm going to be there. Um, as you hear with me talking about the Rock Nation brunch, like I, right. I fully be feeling like I don't deserve to be places. Um, but in that moment, it was like one of those opportunities where like, regardless of how I felt, deserving wise i was like oh no i'm gonna make sure i do the fuck out of this like i really want to have a good time with this and you you get to do it once like let's have a 
was having a fucking ball. And then my sister was there, and, like, everyone brought their family, like, all of my bandmates and, like, my choir. Like, everyone had family and loved ones there. So it really felt great. Like, I wasn't nervous at all. I was, like, being a head-ass before and, like, recording <laughs> things and, like, hopping around. I just had a really good time with it. We were, we were talking to Jesse Reyes about the Rock Nation brunch, and... um you know, she got very dressed up for it. And, and, you know, a lot of people were doing like pastels and like following, you know, the guidelines of how you should be dressed for the Rock Nation brunch. And we were like, yo, how do you feel when Chance the Rapper shows up not abiding by any of the rules? Yeah, like in a t-shirt. <laughs> in a t-shirt. <laughs> and a hat. We're just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like in situations like that, I see... Uh, there's two things. There's two schools about here. Because I personally didn't know I was going to the recreation brunch till like the day before I went. Really? <laughs> so there was no like yeah, no, there was no flex period of like, what am I gonna wear? I came in like a <laughs> fucking sweater and like some like boots and like it, it was nice, but I wasn't really I wasn't out here like everybody else. I wasn't trying to do all that. Um but I feel like in those moments, although there is a like a, I guess, you know, a dress code, it's not the Met. Like <laughs> <laughs> as you are like you know like don't, so if your dad showed up in the kangol ziploc bag n95 mask that's him you know that's yeah like, who, who am i to judge what? who are we to judge Let's and, say it like that. yeah and by the way same because like my brother and i here uh have definitely been invited to uh parties where it's like yo it's my birthday you have to be dressed up in a onesie and we pull up in like jeans and a t-shirt so like yeah i i get that as well you we've know? also gone to black tie events and been like very dressed up and been the only people dressed up <laughs> so which is the worst feeling that, yeah, that like, is because like, we looked like an accountant like, and a lawyer <laughs> real bummer like, coming overdressed is worse than like snoozing your alarm and waking up six hours later i know yeah. because everyone else is comfortable and you're just like wow i'm really in here in a sombrero like nobody <laughs> told me that they weren't going to be doing this but yeah I, no i feel like in the situations like that just do what you want like it's, it's you're already uncomfortable because you're around billionaires like wear what you want <laughs> wear what you want yeah, like, did you did you have that attitude of just like, well, if I'm gonna be here, then I might as well just talk to anybody, or were you more just like, I'm gonna play oh, my? No. <laughs> you say, oh hell no, <laughs> no, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not. No, the reason that like, the reason I even met Jay Z and Diddy was because when we got to the brunch, I walked in with my uh my manager at the time. She's still a manager, but I have multiple managers now. Yeah, um, it's whatever, no big deal. Light flex, yeah. that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, slight flex. No, I mean we all work together, but still. Yeah, <laughs> I walked in with her. Um, we all wear masks. And, it's fine. Yeah. You, exactly. You get the vibe. You get my <laughs> vibe. But it, I I saw everyone and I was like, oh no, I can't be in this room by myself. I can't. There's too many people here that I recognize that I grew up listening to or watching. I can't be in this room. So I literally exited to the hallway slash corridor thing you know i don't fucking know how to describe it Jay -Z's house, <laughs> like, whatever. but um i like go into like where we came in from basically that long hallway with people holding like champagne bottles and things like the girls just like holding glasses as you enter thinking that nobody would be out there because she was about to go grab uh her other client at the time miguel uh shout out to miguel anyway she's gonna go grab miguel and nas like uh because they were just arriving and so i was like, okay cool i'll i'll like stay with you guys because i know y'all but like as soon as I walked in the hallway, like at the door, it was Jay Z and Diddy entering, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Or <laughs> are, you, are you joking?" Like I was not that person trying to talk to everybody. I was not. I wasn't trying to see anyone. I wasn't trying to be in contact with anyone. 
And then fucking as soon as I get out of that room where I feel anxious, Jay-Z and Diddy are arriving. And not only that, I try not to make eye contact yet, but Diddy goes, yo! I'm like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> what? Could I have one brace? Like, please, please, Lord, please. You can't do this. And what was that What was that conversation ultimately like? Exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> like it was literally like a, oh shit. Like he, he goes, yo! I'm like, oh, yo. Like, the weakest. <laughs> In the weakest voice ever and he goes hove and then jay-z like spins on his heel turns around like what's up and he's like do you know who this is and i'm like first of all don't ever ask jay-z if he knows who <laughs> I <am." laughs> that's that's a little od but he's like no he's like who is she and he's like no this is her name's chica she's like one of the dopest like best of the new school I, I shit you not nothing but bars like completely starts being just so kind and and fucking flexing and telling me that was dope and all this shit and then like jay-z grabs my hand and shakes it and it's just like well i'm so glad to have you here like thank you for coming like you must I, have I been know. you must have just been like floating for like months afterwards I really didn't want to think about that interaction for the longest time because it made it once it's real, it starts to like fade away in your memory. Mm. But if you like, if you really like hold on to something like that, it just it sticks in the same way that it felt the moment they said it. So like it was kind of it was kind of a a, a huge moment that I needed to immortalize on a song. And yeah, I was gonna exactly ask like what the it. what the thinking process was because like if you're, it, do you, you know, I, I was wondering if you would like hold on to that like and make it a personal thing but then you put it out in a song yeah because like i how can you not like oh no i get it i i I completely understand so much of my like i guess story has been so private like and it looks like it hasn't been because i'm an internet like i've done i've done all my stuff on the internet for the longest time but like in terms of the stories i even mentioned that on balenci's and i'm like so many stories my friends don't even listen i don't Mm -hmm. really get an opportunity to like talk about the wild shit that like changed my life you know what i mean like i don't get to really live in those moments and be like yo this is incredible guess what just happened to me and so when i when that happened to me and like i i knew that i wouldn't be able to talk about a lot of things going forward because they were happening so rapidly i was like the only way i know i'm going to remember this and to like immortalize it and make it feel as big as it was because there's so much big shit that's happening i've forgotten i was like i have to put it on the song i have to because otherwise that would have just been another remarkable story that kind of fades in the back of my mind that like there's so much good shit that's happened to me recently that it just would have been another good thing but i had to make it feel like one thing that will never die and it's on my first project now so amazing dope yeah um you know you are from alabama um alabama has been one of the few states that i believe is not under lockdown um so i was wondering like how what is your relationship like with your home state? And like, do you know people who are still being active? Like what, tell me your thoughts about what's going on in Alabama right now. Well, my parents are still in Alabama. That photo we saw of my dad was from him. In Alabama. Mm. Uh, so they're having a great time clearly, but um, <laughs> no, like I, I think that because uh, KIV doesn't do many things right ever. Um, and that's the governor. Mm-hmm. She does many things wrong actually. Yeah. But, the one thing that they did do in Alabama was they shut down um, a lot of things. Once they had their first few cases of Corona, they shut everything down. Like my mom and my dad both, well, my dad's retired now, but my mom worked for the state. And so um, they were literally at home for, I think like a month or so or a few weeks at least. Um, and then I think they just went back recently and the cases that they had, like from my hometown is Montgomery. Um, there's like three cases for the, like the past three weeks, like nobody's getting it. Like they really had it under wraps. So I don't know what that's about. Maybe there's something about, uh, 
evil that <laughs> avoids coronavirus um because donald trump is still here and kicking and i don't know what that's about but yeah i, I think that they kind of figured this shit out um in terms of everything else surrounding my state like and how i feel about uh alabama i it's just kind of one of those things like you take the good with the bad um there's a lot of things that going forward as like a young adult and as a you know in my older life i want to do for the state of alabama um it sounds like I'm running for a governor, but <laughs> no, just in terms of Or you're of, like, trying to get on like a, yeah, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> but we didn't have like performance venues and things like that. Like I did all my shit on the internet because of things like not having a place to perform and not feeling like I had any ownership to the ground I walked on because everything in Alabama is old money. It's white money. It's different. Yeah. Um. But I, I think that moving forward, the youth there has a lot to say. And I think we're going to change a little bit of what the face of Alabama looks like. But, you know, I'm I'm super okay with, like, where I'm from. It's one of those things that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm unfortunately from Alabama. But if I wasn't from there. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even I mean it like life. that, by the way. But, yeah. Chica. Oh, no. I, I mean it like that. I'm yeah. Like, you know, that is my stance. Yeah. Anyone, anytime anyone asks me, I'm like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, that's the thing. I <laughs> didn't ask for it. It's an affliction no one can really control. But, you know. Um, Chica, for somebody who's done so much on her own, who's built something up um, from the mud, who's really like created a movement, does it ever strike you, you know, uh, in a moment where you're just sitting there and you're like, wow, mainstream has accepted what I might have thought was not, you know, in the center. Like, like I'm going to the Rock Nation brunch. I'm signed to Warner Records. I'm on NPR. Yeah, like all these people are in my comments on on Instagram. Yeah, like it's you. You've become mainstream. What do you What do you think about that in a moment where you're just like pausing and and free? Um, it feels good, but for me, like I never doubted that would happen. <laughs> like I, I've always had a clear view of what I wanted to do and like who I thought. I could be and it was it wasn't until like I voiced that and heard other people be like oh no nah, that's not what the world wants that I was like huh like <laughs> it wasn't instilled in me that I would fail um once I started I began to try it I saw the glass ceiling type shit come out and I was like oh okay this is what it's meant by like people like you don't succeed x y and z like but it was never something that I believed or internalized it was kind of like uh, it made me buckle down and, and feel like I needed to prove something. And so that's why I never stopped. So for to to be accepted and like to be um I guess considered mainstream at this point. Like I still feel like I have a ways to go, but you're absolutely right. Like the conversation's there now and that's a blessing in and of itself. Uh it feels good. It feels really good. It feels like if I can make it through like the the toughest part which is laying the groundwork and being taken seriously like th- this is a a journey that's only on an upward trajectory and that's something i can only be grateful for because not very many people get that opportunity absolutely well listen uh shout out to you for uh everything that you've done to this point uh especially just being yourself i think that is the best thing that anyone could do in this day and age and um shout out to you for your your npr performance shout out to you for 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 your ep and shout out to you for for making it through this with a positive attitude because that's a huge part of this whole thing right now moment by moment day by day uh chica we send our love out to you stay safe stay stay indoors and stay creative and uh hopefully we'll talk to you you soon i appreciate you guys thank you for your time no doubt take care that was a great one
Shout out to Chica, shout out to Rico Nasty, and shout out to the one and only Issa Rae. Jeff, are we back tomorrow? We are back every day forever. As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>